playing the drum, you know, let him play a couple of beats alone. Now let us imagine that you're in the middle of your disc jockey program. This is the mark of a professional. It's funny how sometimes with dreams you don't realize who's your friend until after you wake up. Then you wake up and you get this clarity and you see that maybe all those different people were you in the dream that they're there to lead you either to good or trouble. And the person who's actually acting as you in the dream is kind of like this blind idiot who's just barreling through the whole dream like I was, trying to be all tough. Slipstream Radio, 6 to 9 a.m., before Monday becomes your week. Oh, I'm sorry, we're not responsible for lost articles and things. There are many common myths about homelessness. You know all those homeless people are just lazy. In reality, 40 to 70% of people without homes work. Their income is just too low for them to pay rent or to buy meals or to pay for health care. Giving aid to homeless people encourages them to live on the street. This is a myth filled with blame directed towards homeless people. Most homeless people are not in their situation by choice. They have been forced into their current position by illness, addiction, domestic violence, chance, or poverty. But I'll never be homeless. Homeless people are not always to blame for their situation. For many people, a well-timed combination of a job loss and an illness could create a very bad situation. People don't plan on becoming mentally ill. Maybe your insurance coverage won't be what you hope it would be. You might be at a vulnerable time with your expenses. The fact is, life deals each of us many unexpected blows. For aid, information, to volunteer or donate money, visit the Shelter Association of Washtenaw County on the web at www.annarborshelter.org or call at area code 734 662 where did Chuck Berry and many of the rock and rollers get those cool, wild lyrics and music for their songs? They were inspired by listening to scratchy old 78 records by blues artists from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Especially these guys. Couldn't get no silver, I couldn't get no gold. You know the way through that power, the gallows this is your host, Jerry Mack. Discover for yourself the musical roots of rock and roll and modern blues from the artists who inspired Robert Johnson on Yazoo City Calling every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. right here at 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.
We, the American people, are enormously wealthy. You know that? Who owns all of those trees in the national forest? This is not a rhetorical question. We do. Who owns all of that offshore oil you read about in the newspaper, huh? We do. Who owns all of those minerals under the federal lands? We do. It's public property, you know. But we elect people to go to Washington. They lease off what we own, public property, to private companies to sell us back our own stuff for the sake of a greasy buck. That's dumb. Do you have an opinion? When is the last time you voiced it to your government? Government websites provide a ton of information on activities, proposed bills, voting records, and contact information. You can visit your Michigan senators at www.senate.gov, visit your district representatives at www.house.gov, visit the president and the cabinet at www.whitehouse.gov. Internet access is free at the Ann Arbor Public Library. You can find out what your government has been doing for you. The websites provide methods to send email, faxes, or letters to your representatives, and they do respond. Don't forget that your government works for you. You have the right and responsibility to stay informed and to express your concerns. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Gray Matters is the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And, uh, yeah, strange uh, up and down week, volatility in the markets, blah, blah, blah. Trump decides that uh, he doesn't want to be the Grinch that stole Christmas. So he reversed himself on a good chunk of the tariffs that are supposed to start on the 1st of September. Uh, but I think it, by doing so, he kind of undermined his, his entire economic isn't, argument. His entire argument, yeah. right, is clearly been based on simply bluster because apparently somebody finally explained to him, no, no, really, look. <laughs> This is how tariffs work. Americans pay for the tariffs, not the Chinese. Uh, obviously, that's it's gone beyond the tariffs at this point. This is a, I hate to kind of use this word, but this is kind of mano mano. <laughs> uh, you know, this is Xi Jinping uh, asserting his power, and then of course, you know, the Hong Kong situation complicates things. Because Trump has decided, uh, after calling the protests riots, I think about six weeks ago, he's somehow decided that uh, he might want to intervene to settle this whole dispute. And I think he's misreading what's actually been going on. The Hong Kong protests, just to talk about them briefly, they started as a kind of an homage to the Tiananmen Square. Right. Uh, this was the, uh, let's see, the 30th anniversary of Tiananmen Square. And the Hong Kong Treaty is exceedingly complicated. You know, it doesn't actually go into effect until 2047. That's a long time from now. And uh, I don't even know if Hong Kong will be <laughs> above water at that point. She uh, might still be in office, but... <laughs> she might. 
but uh, I mean, literally, I mean, I thought it was exceedingly significant that there was a commemoration ceremony uh, yesterday in Iceland, which is a small country. I, I think Washtenaw County has more people than Iceland. We know a lot about Iceland because they've been doing a DNA study there now for uh, many years uh, because it's a relatively isolated place. They don't have a lot of immigration. The DNA people are related and all that. But when you have an homage to Glacier Auk, that's spelled OK, and you have the Prime Minister of Iceland explaining why they're putting up a memorial on this on this rock that we are already remembering the loss of this glacier and asking you what you're doing now about the problem because of course just last week NOAA the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration confirmed an uh, earlier report that July was the hottest month on record globally. And the temperatures are up about 1.7 degrees Fahrenheit from a century ago. That, by the way, translates almost perfectly to one degree Celsius. And some of the areas of the world where the most warming is occurring is in the Arctic. And when you see the devastation of glaciers globally uh, that are ongoing, continuing, it's quite scary. Well, yeah. And, uh, of course, for decades now, people have been uh, alarmed and concerned about another sort of equally displacing uh, disappearance, uh, namely uh jungle amazon rainforest sure so i don't know if anybody's done the study on this yet but like the degree to which the jungle that's been hacked and sliced away of course trees performing a vital function here in stabilizing the climate uh relative to the uh responsive uh, absence retraction melting away of ice and of course these polar caps and the glaciers also help stabilize the climate. So when you're losing it on both ends yeah. uh, of the protection uh, that, you know, the earth has established over the millennia previous to the existence of humans and human culture, uh, it's very, very serious. This is not pretend. This is not something that can be scoffed away anymore. Well, and they had a fascinating story <clears throat> even within urban cities here in the United States. I should have brought this Oh, in item last in. week's times, yeah. Very um, interesting. Yeah. Because what it literally showed is that there are heavy differentials within an urban area based on trees. Yeah, I noticed particularly the um They had uh, Baltimore, Portland, Washington DC where mm -hmm. uh, Mars and I lived for a couple of years. Yeah. And it made it very clear there's economic factors as far as who lives where, as far as, you know, how are things maintained. Out in Rock Creek, there's a nice stretch of forest, and it's much cooler over there because that's how it works. So cities like D.C. Uh, to better uh, protect 
the people who live on the other parts of the town from future increases in temperature. And let's face it, last week was pretty darn high out in D.C. and New York. Yes. Um, you know, uh, there are programs in place to encourage the planting of as many trees as possible in downtown areas. It's because the federal government's not getting on the ball. Uh, state governments are not getting on the ball. City governments are having to scramble to put plans in place to accommodate the potentially catastrophic changes that are down the line. And, of course, uh, the Donald unit makes a weird... Uh foray into the real estate uh, business by offering to buy Greenland. Well, that would be devastating for the, for the global climate. Gl Greenland is losing glaciers, too. And what Trump probably read was about how, because of the deglaciation of Greenland, <clears throat> they're getting buildup of sand in certain fjords. Um, that may have, you know, mineral applications in various industrial practice. Right, but it's very hard to mine. Value. And, of course, Greenland is not for sale. No, it belongs <clears> to Denmark uh, at the moment, uh, technically. So the Danes said, well, it's open for business, but not for sale. Why'd want to acquire it anyway? Because the guy he just put in charge of uh, stewardship of public lands doesn't even agree in the concept of public land itself. Right, and then, of course, you know, he started out last week with the endangered species um, policy modifications right. that make no sense. Uh, you know, that was even a a policy of Richard Nixon. Uh, one of the great successes, by the way, is the bald eagle. Which um, now you can see all around Michigan's northern coast, northern coasts. That never was the case when I was a kid. They've made a comeback because of that law. And, of course, that was related to uh, pesticides, uh, DT, DDT, among others. And, um, yeah, <clears throat> environmentalism is, is critical uh, going forward for the globe. But, uh, you know, it's it's sad to see that the new uh, leader of Brazil, Balancero, is uh, allowing the Amazon to be clear-cut, deforested, set on fire, literally, uh, to grow more crops <clears throat> and expand beef production, which is not good. No, it's uh, one of the most wasteful of all uh, processes involved in the creation of foodstuffs is beef. Very water-intensive. The grain that feeds the cows is itself very water-intensive. Uh, Long-term, it's it's a loser. But, of course, America's West was built on the gun and the, the cow, and we must, you know, keep propping up these uh, archaic notions in our nation's psyche, uh, apparently. Yeah, and look, and look, just another example of problems here in America— all the beaches that are being shut down this year because of the um, algae blooms and the cyo, uh, the cyano, cyanide, uh, hydrogen phosphate problem that's causing the water to literally be poisoned 
when you read about dogs dying from drinking Lake Erie or over on the Jersey Shore, uh, you realize we've got immediate problems that need addressing here at home. Donald Trump, of course, lately has been um, opining about interest rates. Um, And I found this to be exceedingly bizarre because, once again, the evidence contradicts Trump's arguments completely. If we are to believe Donald Trump, Great Britain should be booming. They have low interest rates and their currency has gone down 20 percent since Brexit. But the reality is far from from that. And that global interest rates are going down, that there's a race to the bottom and that monetary policy uh, may become a literally a a, a fig leaf of ineffectiveness. There's there's nothing you can do. Um, so I think that when you look at what uh, Powell did a couple of weeks ago when he cut interest rates for the first time in a decade, which, is, of course, is what Trump wanted. I don't think it was going to do much uh, significant uh, in terms of uh, stimulating the economy. Psychological, yes, that's one of the key aspects of how central banks work. But when they show a chart of all of the countries. Uh, this year and last year that have cut interest rates uh, down to quite low rates. Um, one of the rare exceptions was Norway. <laughs> Trump keeps wondering why Norwegians are not emigrating to the United States. Those are the, those are the guys we want. <laughs> like, well, they're a lot wealthier per capita. They have a lot longer life expectancy. And they're not terribly likely to die in a mass shooting. That's right. <laughs> Although they did have one a couple years ago, but that was a politically motivated white racist attack uh, without any doubt. But uh, the the example of Great Britain and, of course, all the difficulties that they're having with the Brexit negotiations and where that's ultimately going to go, Johnson is committed, Boris Johnson is committed to Halloween, no matter what, uh, strikes me as a big mistake. He's only got a one-seat majority now, apparently, in the parliament. And the bottom line is the British parliament simply is not in favor of Brexit. (laughs) So there's a a big snafu there that I don't think anybody is recognizing properly. Um, But there is a chart fascinating in... uh, Thursday's New York Times about the global um, cuts in central bank rates dating back to 2013, showing all the nations and the general trends in monetary policy. Of course, the places that have been rapidly increasing interest rates are places like Pakistan and Tunisia and Zambia. And these are not and Argentina which, um, by the way, has a current rate of almost 75%. They had elections that are a reflection of their economic problems related to the IMF and debt. 
But <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't understand what Trump's economic agenda is anymore because the real problems are the trade war, the high budget deficits, the fact that the tax cuts have fizzled and that the money was primarily used by corporations to buy back stock. And the overall climate of uncertainty, this sort of erratic leadership of Donald, who says one thing one day, does another thing the next day, and then is constantly playing these sort of side games on issues that gin up his base. So, you know, bringing out the Endangered Species Act... That to me is is trivial. That's the I mean it, it's significantly psychologically important because it shows where his heart is. But um, <clears throat> changing the Endangered Species Act is not going to um, radically modify the American economy in any way, shape, or form. And we certainly don't need any more oil drilling going on in the United States right now. <clears throat> There's 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 a glut in these areas where we have oil production going. Many companies are going out of business because of the glut, so to speak. Um, so it's it's very troubling the overall direction of Donald Trump's leadership. Trade wars in the past, of course, have failed. Most famous being. Uh, the Smoot-Hawley Act of 1930 that exacerbated the Great Depression. And that was an example, by the way, of global uh, interest rate cuts, devaluation of currencies in response to tariffs being increased. And we're seeing some of that right now. Trump, of course, alleged that China is manipulating its currency. Well, not really. They just spent one day showing that the market brought it down and then they intervened and brought it back up. He also alleged last week that there was massive voter fraud in New Hampshire. And, of course, the chairman of the FEC stepped forward and said, show evidence or shut up. Yeah. Well, that's been a regular theme of his rallies. Uh, there's simply never been any evidence to support that any more than he's produced the wiretapping evidence of the Obama administration that he alleged in early March of 2017. Of course, it was around that time that he decided that Germany's currency was being manipulated and uh, they were informed that Germany used the euro. And he goes, oh, <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's the Donald for you. And, uh, yeah, that, that campaign. And, you know, then you have this petty stuff. You know, the uh, the visit to, to Israel and the West Bank by... Uh, oh, Omar and Tlaib. Yeah, yeah. the representatives, uh, Omar and Tlaib, that, that really strike me as counterproductive to any decency. Nobody came out looking good from that whole event. Well, and this is Netanyahu doing to Israeli politics what Trump has done to American politics. Utterly personalize it, throw I'm all in, or it's nothing. Because this is a maneuver that's good maybe for Netanyahu, 
but it's not really a good move for Israel for a wide range of reasons. Well, and, and you saw all the, all the many, many, most uh, uh, Jewish lobbying groups criticized. Even APEC this. criticized the move. You know, that the, the, the word weakness that Trump used to sort of force Netanyahu to do what he did was actually what was shown by Netanyahu. Precisely. Um, Omar, I believe, was 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 actually going to visit with Israeli political groups. There wasn't any agenda, so to speak. And, you know, even Representative uh, Tlaib, she was going to the West Bank. That's to, not Israel. To visit her grandma. In theory. Who, who actually got the best quote out of the, the whole thing. Trump actually tweeted, oh, uh it looks like the only winner here is Talib's grandmother, who now doesn't have to see Talib. Well, what a terrible thing to say about somebody's grandma! Of course, your grandma wants to see her grandkids. Yeah, that there's there's no grandma in the world who doesn't. Right. I'm sorry. That's just complete utter BS. Uh, but and then, of course, they had the counter offer that said, "Well, she can go visit her grandmother," and then when she turned that down, well, there were some the Israeli limitations. spokesman yeah. said. That shows that she hates Israel more than she loves her grandmother. <laughs> Just That's a misrepresentation as well. But yeah. when the grandmother was asked, you know, about the tweet involving, oh, you, are, are you happy that you don't get to see your granddaughter? Uh, she, she shook her head and said, may God destroy him. <laughs> Which, boy, yeah, that sort of sums it up real nicely there. Uh, well, I wish she'd quoted Terry Jones from. Uh, He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> he is not the Messiah. He is a very naughty boy. <laughs> About Trump. <laughs> yeah. Well, as if that weren't <laughs> disgraceful enough, the the fat shaming of the guy who actually turned out to be a Trump supporter. Oh yeah. Like, get that guy out of here. He's too fat. Go. You should go home and start exercising. And you know. Frank Dawson is the guy's name. I read it out because he's obviously a grade-A moron. <laughs> because when asked after the fact, oh, were you offended or appalled in any way? No, I still think he's great. You know, he just thought I was one of the protesters, but I'm not. But, dude, he made fun of you for being who you are. Right. Oh, no, it's it, no, it's good. Yeah, I think he said you, that sir, are a moron. Trump is the greatest thing ever for America. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the same day that uh, the the uh, <clears throat> you know, as part of the stock market gyrations last week, that aren't all that big or important. I mean, look, the, st the stock market set a record on the twenty ninth of July, so a lot of the hyperbole about recession and this, that, and the other, it's all quite exaggerated. Now, I don't think there's any question that economic growth is, is weak and probably going to decline in a variety of economies because of the trade war. Uh, perhaps what Donald Trump... Well, and the general uh, atmosphere of uncertainty. Uncertainty, because business uh, has great difficulty investing when they don't know what the policies are. And it's quite clear... Uh, from all of the inside information that the Chinese debate within the Trump administration is far from certain. There's a kind of a hawk-dove dichotomy going on there. Uh, I know, you know, and I like to point out that the economy is not booming. It's not collapsing. It's, it's going sideways. Uh, even the housing construction data that came out 
uh, on this on the 16th of August shows this. If you look at the graph, it's got this interesting. Um, basically, it, it it it's it's a flat line. It's a, a comparison between starts and permits, and it shows that first of all the economy is not booming, but it's not collapsing. And what we really need in the housing department, by the way, is a massive boom in apartment construction to deal with some of the homeless problems and the unbelievable housing costs that are beginning to occur in many cities in America, making life itself very difficult to afford. Uh, That is... I mean, that's happening locally, where outside investors come in and buy up properties, build developments, Mm -hmm. create apartments that folks who actually already live here can't even afford, and so it pushes the workforce further and further out, which requires more commutes, more congestion on the road. It's there is no policy. Well, certainly not, and and that's uh, I think a major omission uh, by some of the Democratic candidates. I I believe a few of them have actually articulated something in that in that realm, but uh, I you know what what a kind of a disappointing. Uh, week dealing with just the atmosphere, the feel, the karma. It's 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 a disappointing summer to me because I don't think there's anything going in the right direction. Uh, there's a lot of finger pointing and stalemates and quagmires, and you know Br- the British situation is looks like a mess still. Uh, it's very troubling to see Balansaro uh, tearing down rainforests to put up uh, corn and soybean farms. And, of course, what was China's response to the tariff business? Uh, we're not buying any more agricultural products. You know, we, we can play that game. Um, and for Trump to claim that China is doing badly is really kind of a myth. They've changed a lot. They've modified things. You know, I'm reminded of a, a an article in the New York Review of Books that I read this uh, earlier this year about how China has moved a lot of clothing production to Cambodia. Labor's cheaper there. They've been able to employ 800,000 Cambodians in sweatshop garment circumstances, unfortunately. But uh, that provides jobs for people who live in that environment. Not the end of the world. Not the worst thing. Um, China is investing heavily in other countries, whereas the United States is disengaging and losing leadership, I think. I mean, what has been striking to me about the summer is how effectively global leaders have just blown Trump off. We yeah. don't want to hear any more from you. Go away. You are wait for the reset. A very naughty boy. <laughs> and, and you're not the Messiah. A fool. Just straight up a fool. Uh it's uh seven oh one. You are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up next with Jerry Mack. We'll see you next week for stay, more Gray Matters. Stay tuned.